Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Chronic Fatigue and Burnout Recovery Podcast. Today I'm going to be continuing the theme of talking about chronic pain. This is part two of what is actually going to be a three-part series in looking at chronic pain. So um, what I'll be focusing on in this episode is looking at somatic tools nervous system tools, if you will, mindset tools, if you want to call them that, they're not really, to support you if you are somebody who experiences chronic pain. You may also want to listen to the previous episode where I talk about the various mechanisms involved in chronic pain. But one of the things I highlighted in that episode was that if you have pain, you are inevitably also going to have sympathetic nervous system activation. So just the very experience of pain increases the sympathetic tone in the body. And then the increased sympathetic tone can further exacerbate the pain. So we obviously want to be looking at the whole picture of what's going on for an individual and addressing all the different things that I talk about in the previous episode. But we do also need coping strategies, nervous system strategies, somatic practices and tools to help us moment by moment to manage our experience as we work on our recovery and our healing journeys if um, chronic pain is something that we're experiencing. So that's what I'm going to be talking about today is just some insights, some tools that you can use if you like what you hear today or if you play around with some of these ideas that I'm going to discuss today but you feel a little bit lost or you feel like you might need more support with this, please know that everything I'm going to share with you is actually a taster of what you can experience in my Nurturing Resilience Group program. So at the time of recording this, I'm actually not sure when it will publish, but the next live round of Nurturing Resilience is going to be September 2023. If that time has been and gone, there's also the opportunity to join the self-study course and you can join the next live round, which will probably be January 2024. And all of that aside, before I dive in, I thought I'd also just give a little bit of a teaser of what the next episode is going to be on. The next episode, I'm going to be interviewing a special guest, and this will be our first male guest on the show, Brendan Turner. And Brendan is a fellow South African. I've known him for a long time. He's actually the now husband of one of my previous clients, Um, and he's going to be talking about functional patterns which is a movement, maybe maybe I'll leave it to him to explain all about it, but basically it's a way of training your body and using movement to train your body to overcome chronic pain. And he's got his own personal journey with chronic pain, which he'll tell you all about when I interview him. But this might be something really great to bring onto your radar if you are somebody who is ready to move, who is maybe ready to follow a little bit more of a structured exercise program, and you want your reintroduction into exercise to be one which is gentle and supportive and really to promote um, the health and well-being of your body and not exacerbate any kind of pain syndromes that you might be experiencing. So that's what I'll be covering in the next episode when I interview Brendan and he is the expert in all of this, so I've probably given a really bad description of what we'll be covering, but please stay tuned for that episode. I think it's going to be really, really interesting. So where I would like to go now is just to talk about some tools that you can use 
if you are having a chronic pain experience. And I'll lead by saying when we are experiencing pain, it is uncomfortable. You know, to, to be in pain all the time or to be experiencing ups and downs in pain is just very, very difficult. As we spoke about previously on the previous episode, you know, it comes hand in hand with fatigue. It comes hand in hand with mood disorders. So it's very likely that if you are having a chronic pain experience, you're also tired, you're also low in mood, which makes it very wearing to continue day to day to be having these pain experiences. And therefore, it's very natural that we find ways to cope. And there are many different ways that people cope with discomfort in the body, whether they have chronic pain or not. But I'll just um, kind of highlight some of these coping mechanisms so that I can bring them into your awareness, not necessarily to judge you and say, look at these coping mechanisms that you're using. It's not about that. It's just about understanding how you are currently coping and then just thinking about how you might want to cope differently some of the time. Because sometimes we need to use coping mechanisms like disconnection, disassociation and numbing because we are just going through something which is so big and so challenging and so difficult. Therefore, to come into connection with the body, which I'll talk about more in a moment, it's really hard to be in connection with the body all the time when you're having such a painful experience. So please don't judge yourself for using certain coping mechanisms. Please don't shame yourself for using certain coping mechanisms. The whole point of healing or one of the things we really want to do in order to heal is to be able to meet ourselves where we're at and just have a lot of tenderness and compassion for wherever we are in the journey. So on the note of those coping mechanisms, I've kind of dropped them in anyway, but one of the main things I'm observing in the clients that I'm working with one-on-one -on -one and in the Nurturing Resilience group is there is a tendency to go a little bit more into a freeze state and whether that freeze state is just you know part and parcel of the the chronic illness experience or due to the pain specifically i don't know you know which one it is but it's part of the picture to be in a little bit of a freeze and with that freeze we get disconnection from the body so when even though there's pain we can still be like aware that there's pain there but also disconnecting from the body and some of the other sensations the other things which are going on quite a lot there can also be disassociation again just disassociating from the body just taking the mind off somewhere else there can be numbing behaviors and um, those numbing behaviors could look like eating certain foods to kind of zone out or numb out or it could look like drinking or um, watching lots and lots of tv or scrolling on instagram gambling you know there's so many different ways that we can kind of numb out a bit and as human beings we all numb out to a certain extent so it's really important to understand when numbing out is actually just exactly what we need in the moment because we're so overwhelmed and getting stuck in a cycle of the go-to is to numb out all the time and we don't have any other ways to cope with discomfort 
Um, and then ultimately, all of these different behaviors are a result of our capacity to be with pain. The pain is really uncomfortable. It's very activating to experience the pain. And depending on our capacity, we'll either, you know, do these things more and more in our lives or these, this disassociation, disconnection or numbing behaviors, they will become more dysfunctional in our lives, depending on our capacity. So part of healing is about growing the capacity of the body. And as we grow the capacity of the body, we have more tolerance for pain, which means we can hold the experience of pain and we rely less on unhelpful behaviors like the disconnection, the disassociation and the numbing. Although it's unrealistic to expect those behaviors to go away completely, we just want to have access to more choices. Sometimes we'll disconnect, sometimes we'll disassociate, sometimes we'll use a numbing behavior. But when we have more choice in the system, we can maybe engage with some of the other practices which I'm going to share with you today. And so there are five things I'm going to share with you. And they're on a, um, a scale that you would want to build up to. So you would start with the first thing. When the first thing feels like it's comfortable or okay, then you can move to the second and so on and so on and so on. So basically, as you progress through the different things I'll talk you through, you're expanding your capacity because depending on where your body is right now, to jump to exercise number five before doing one, two, three, and four may just be too much for you. So remember that the nervous system cannot be rushed. You cannot pressure yourself into healing. It's just meeting your body where you at with love and tenderness and compassion and taking it one step at a time. And so there may be people listening to this podcast who can jump straight into number five. And those people are people with more resilience. And then there may be people who find just step one very, very challenging. And those are people with just less resilience and less capacity. But wherever you are on the scale, know that you have plasticity to change and grow and build your capacity. And again, This is what we spend a lot of time doing in the Nurturing Resilience program is working with some of these skills and then stretching the nervous system a little bit further and then stretching the nervous system a little bit further. So gently and slowly over time, we're able to cope with more and more. And in this case, more and more pain. We're able to hold more and more pain without becoming as dysregulated. So the first thing is to start to build healthy connections outside of ourselves. So we're not even going into the body yet. When somebody has chronic pain, connecting to the body is going to be potentially very overwhelming and very uncomfortable. And I've worked with clients like this. The moment I ask them to just feel a little sensation or something in their body, it's just too much. And so the first thing we want to do is instead of disconnecting, disassociating or turning to a numbing behavior like eating or scrolling or drinking, etc. We want to begin by building healthy connections outside of ourselves. And that could be just if any of you follow me on Instagram, you probably know I have a cat (laughs) and I have a very needy cat who loves to 
sit on top of me when I'm trying to work, when I'm trying to relax, just at any moment in time, if I'm sitting still, the cat wants to come and sit on top of me, which is not always very convenient. But anyway, when Jacob, my cat, comes to sit on me, and I can just be with him and stroke him and put my hands on him and just breathe a little bit with my hands on him. That's a healthy connection. But as I'm sitting here recording this podcast for you, I'm looking out of my window. And fortunately, I'm on the third floor. So all I can see is just like beautiful tops of the trees and then sky. And as I look out of my window and I look at the trees and I look at the sky, that's a healthy connection, a connection with nature. And sometimes if I walk down to the beach or whatever, and I walk through the trees and I just look around, I'm like, wow, nature is so cool. It's like so beautiful here. And that's a healthy connection. And so any kind of little connection that you can make with a a person, a pet, something in nature, music is another one. So listening to a beautiful song that you like, Um, any kind of little healthy connections that you can make, the more the better, can be really, really good. Just to take our focus away from the pain and towards something that is more regulating for our system. And then you can expand this to, you know, bigger things in your life. For example, in my own healing journey, I would have a lot of chronic pain in my left shoulder and the thoracic spine and sometimes my neck and my jaw and every time I went into the cold ocean I would be pain-free and I would probably be pain-free for like a couple of hours afterwards so that was kind of like a combination of a few things it's obviously the physiological response like the cold water the dopamine increase in Um, cortisol and adrenaline which are anti-inflammatory and some of the things I talked about in the previous episode but it was also more than that in that I love water I'm a water sign Um, I love swimming I love being in the sea even if it's freezing cold the love of being in the sea um, trumps the the cold and therefore it was still a healthy connection for me so ultimately these healthy connections can be small little moments where we connect with a person, a place, nature, a plant, an animal, some beautiful music, or it can be like bigger things, doing more things in our life that are maybe quote healthy distractions. So as opposed to disconnecting, dissociating, numbing, um, we want to find things that take our attention outside of the body but are supportive and resourcing and regulating for the system. So if you don't already have those practices built into your day, in terms of homework, that is your step one, to find those little things each day that bring you that sense of healthy connection, however big or however small, even if you're bed bound and all you can do is look out a window or maybe you can bring in like a a beautiful plant, not a moldy one, (laughs) an anti-mold plant, one that's good for your air quality. You can bring it into the bedroom and maybe just looking at it, um, really connecting with it is a way that you can build those healthy connections or looking at photographs or beautiful scenery, beautiful artwork. Those are all options as well. So once you've started to build healthy connections outside of the body, the next step is to start to have short 
manageable moments of connection with the body. And then here people will often say, well, why would I want to connect with my body? Because it's so horrible to be in my body. And the challenge I would like to set you is to look for those things that either feel neutral or there's a relative sense of okayness. So if someone is in chronic pain or if someone is in a lot of discomfort relating to their illness experience, my invitation is to say, is every single inch of your body uncomfortable? You know, how are your earlobes? How is your baby toe? What about just the very, very surface of your skin? And I run a free workshop, which is the getting to know your nervous system workshop. I should be running a few more of those as we lead up to the next round of Nurturing Resilience. But as I said, I'm not quite sure when this podcast will get published, but I'm going to be running them all the time. So just really watch out for the next one. But we do some of these exercises together in the workshop. And one of the cues that I give is like, can you just bring your attention to the surface of your skin? So if going deep into the body just feels like way too much, just a few moments, like one minute, two minutes, that's all. Just bringing your attention to the surface of your skin. And then you can also practice during your day, just instead of focusing on where there's pain, if you notice yourself focusing on the pain, you can challenge yourself to be like, well, is there somewhere that feels okay or just neutral? So you don't have to find necessarily big, expansive, positive sensations. It's just trying to find that relative sense of okayness or neutrality in the body. Because as human beings, we have a negativity bias. The survival brain is constantly going to be orienting to danger and threat. And if that danger and threat is in the body, you'll constantly be orienting to those parts of you which are the most uncomfortable. So we just want to retrain the brain a little bit to orient to other parts of the body, parts of the body where there is a sense of okayness. So what we've done is we've started to build healthy connections outside, and now we're starting to build healthy connections inside the body. And so then what you can play around with, this is kind of like point two and a half before I move on to point three, is you can build those healthy connections outside of the body And then maybe start to notice how as you do that, you notice something a little bit more positive, a little bit more okay, a little bit more neutral even inside your body. So what you're doing is you're building a connection between the outside world and the inside world. So then point three, once we've started to spend enough time with these more pleasant sensations, we may be ready to move towards the edges of discomfort. So what we're wanting to do is instead of opting to disconnect, to disassociate or to numb out or to um, overly distract ourselves, we're starting to train the body to be okay with a little bit of discomfort or pain. So we've spent some time building the healthy connections. We're starting to build the healthy connections inside the body so that we at least have some place inside the body that feels relatively okay, neutral, or safe. And then from that place, maybe just come to the very edges of where you notice the discomfort in the body. And you might just go there for like 30 seconds, one minute, 
and then you can come out, you can go back to where it feels okay in the body, or you can go outside of the body and connect to something outside of yourself. So as time goes on, maybe you're going to build up, like how long can you stay on the edges of that uncomfortable place? And just remembering not to push the body too hard here. So the guidance I'm usually giving my clients is do like three to five minutes of like a whole practice three to five times a day. So that might just be one minute building a healthy connection outside, one minute building a healthy connection inside, 30 seconds with the discomfort and then coming out again. But we can then extend that over time. And so we're spending a little bit more time or building our capacity and tolerance to be with discomfort. And then the next piece of this puzzle, part number four, is maybe having a little bit of a play with seeing if you can hold positive or relatively okay or neutral sensations, hold those in your awareness and also hold the uncomfortable sensations in your awareness. So this is what we call dual awareness. So for example, sometimes when I had a lot of jaw pain, I would lie on my yoga mat, just sort of lying down, having a rest, you know, doing a little shavasana or some restorative yoga. And I would first of all, try and find, I would notice the pain in my jaw and it would feel overwhelming and dysregulating. So I'd be like, okay, where in my body is there a relative sense of safety? And like, oh yeah, my belly, my belly just feels open and relaxed and it's just moving up and down. So I'd stay with the belly moving up and down and then I would bring in the jaw. So I'm still with the belly moving up and down, but I'm also just bringing the jaw sensations into my awareness. And this may not happen for you, but what would happen for me was that over time that jaw sensation would subside and there would be a little bit more regulation in my system. However, some people, they may just have to hold that dual awareness for a minute or so and then go back to the belly again. So you can play around with that. And then the final thing, thing number five, is just to spend more time holding space for the discomfort. And as you do that, you can then start to follow the needs of the body. So again, in my own journey, maybe I would have like a headache or some jaw pain or some shoulder pain. Um, one of the things I used to do a lot was just to put on some beautiful music. As a yin yoga teacher, I would have a lot of playlists that I used for my yin classes. And they were such great resources for me in my fatigue recovery journey because I always just had a playlist accessible with some beautiful, slow, relaxing music. And so I'd have the music on and um, I would just lie down, whether that was on a yoga mat on the floor, which is very grounding, or on a bed. And I would just listen to the music. And as I listened to the music, which was resourcing and a healthy external connection, I would just hold space for the uncomfortable sensations in my body. And this is something you have to build up to because for some people just going into the uncomfortable sensation is going to be a lot to begin with. But as your capacity improves, you'll be able to hold that sensation in your awareness for a longer time. And then as you do this, something might happen. You may just notice that there's a natural easing of the symptoms. 
the symptoms may still be there, but there's more regulation in your body as a whole. Or what might happen is the body wants to do something. There might be just like a stretch or a movement or a big breath or a yawn or a gurgle in your belly or something else may happen. Maybe you'll just naturally feel like, oh, I really just want to put my hand on my shoulder or my hand on my head or just hold myself. So as you're holding the discomfort, there's an invitation to ask these parts of the body, what do you need? What can I do for you right now? And that's when maybe there's just a breath or there's a kind little mantra that comes through or there's a gentle touch or there's a movement or a stretch or something else comes through. So the final thing I want to say before I wrap all of this up is hopefully what I've been able to communicate as I've shared all of this is at no point are you trying to fix anything. You're not trying to get rid of of the pain. You're not trying to get rid of the sensation. You're not trying to send it love and make it go away. You're just holding space for what is and you're just allowing it to be. And that's what we really want to build capacity for. We want to build capacity to allow what is to be there. And then if we can allow the pain to be there and we're okay with it because we have the capacity to hold it, that's how we can interrupt that sympathetic nervous system runaway train. The very nature of having the pain increases the sympathetic tone of the body. But then if we're becoming judgmental and we're trying to fix the pain or we're pressurizing ourselves not to have this experience, we become further activated and agitated. But if we can allow the pain to be there and the pain feels manageable and tolerable and within our capacity, we're bringing in some parasympathetic tone to help the system balance. And that's really what the goal of these exercises are. So on that note, my encouragement is to go away and give them a try. And remember to try them in order and go gently at the pace of your system. So the first thing I suggested was building the connections outside of yourself and then transitioning into finding those places inside of you which feel okay, good or neutral. Once you've built enough capacity there, allowing yourself to play with coming to the edges of discomfort. So you come to the edges of the discomfort and you move away. Then you come to the edges of discomfort and then you move away. And then you can play around with holding both positive sensation in the body and an uncomfortable sensation in the body. And then as time goes on, building up more time, holding on to the uncomfortable sensation. And you can use music, you know, to support your system if that's what works for you. There may be some other tools that work better for you. But also just remembering each time to finish on what feels good. So as you have been with the discomfort, you maybe want to then either find somewhere in your body that feels okay or resource to something outside of you that feels okay as you're finishing up your little practice. So hope that has been useful and insightful. Give it a try. Feel free to let me know how you got on. And of course, if you want more help and support with this work, there's always the option to join the Nurturing Resilience Group program. I will see you in the next episode. And until then, take care.